Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. We're happy to have our next guest, retired U.S. Army Commander Lieutenant Colonel Darren Gobb, who also flew Black Hawk helicopters in multiple combat missions. He's also the co-founder of Restore Liberty. Lieutenant Colonel Darren Gobb, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me on again. Colonel, I just have to get your thoughts on the multiple UFOs that have been taken down thus far. I believe it's three now on top of the Chinese spy balloon, which we knew what that was. Are we looking at possible extraterrestrial craft or more likely to be something from our adversaries, much like the initial Chinese spy balloon? Well, I think uh, what we need to focus our attention on is the initial Chinese spy balloon and what China's frankly been doing to us for decades is is spying on us and air, land, sea, commerce, universities, and, and you name it. They've been there for a long time watching what we do. This is just another way of them doing that. And I think we need to stay away from the conversation about you know aliens and UFOs and all that and stick to what I would call something a little closer to reality. Uh, the, these are man-made objects. They have a purpose whose purpose we're still working on finding out. We're also still confirming that they all came from China. But in the end, whether it's all four that we know of came from China or even just the one, the the message is pretty clear across the world about uh, we're we're not going to worry about our borders too much, land, sea, or air anymore, it seems like. And at least we're finally taking some action against the things that we do see. Uh, But I, I don't think this is going to end anytime soon. I honestly think it's more like a a probing of our perimeter and and testing our response than anything else. You bring up an excellent point, uh, Colonel. We certainly don't want to take our eye off the prize, if you will, when it comes to the Chinese Communist Party and and what they have initiated here. I want to ask you about the payload on the uh, Chinese craft there. There's, you know, military saying that it was three school buses, uh, in, in size, which is why they waited for it to cross the continental U.S. before shooting it down over the ocean. In your opinion, you're in Montana where it flew over initially. Does this justify not taking it down uh, sooner? I don't think so at all. If your risk, risk I guess, uh, calculation is that it could hit something on the ground, then you should have taken it, uh, taken it down over the ocean or in a, in a location where it never had a chance of doing either of the above, spying on us or impacting the ground uh, where we live. Frankly, the fact that this thing wasn't shot down over the Aleutian Islands or even west of there is still a shock to me. And any explanation that I've heard for why, I don't buy it. I just think it needed to be done no matter what. And we needed to guard our borders and send that message more than anything else, regardless of what the payload was on the balloon anyways. And there's a lot of things that could have been on there. Uh, none of that matters. At, at this point, we can ex- we can find it and exploit it the best we can, but it never should have been across our country in the first place. You know, as a retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel who flew Black Hawk helicopters, we've had a few press conferences. We've heard from some uh, commanders in the military, NORAD, last night. Um, they're deferring questions to the intelligence community. It seems like there's a little bit of back and forth going here. Are you satisfied with what you have heard up until this point? I'm not. There is a lot of transparency that should be exercised here, and it's just not there. And I think the Americans are owed it. I think the Americans can handle it, whatever that truth may be. Uh, I've been inside NORAD before. I know how that area works. I know the things that we have to guard and the things that we shouldn't guard. But I think in this particular case, the first thing we need to see, frankly, is the president standing out in front of the American people and saying the truth. 
And even if the truth is we don't know, then so be it. That's okay, and that we're working on it. But uh, right now, the challenge we have with this administration and everything we've seen over the past couple years is the Americans simply don't trust anything coming out of this administration anyway, so why would they start trusting them with everything they're getting told now? I can't blame them for that. Colonel, that was my next question for you, which is, you know, at what point does the president have to address this publicly? And, you know, to follow up to that, does uh, politically, does he run the risk of waiting too long and, uh, you know, it may look like he's disengaged to the general public? I think he's already waited too long, and I think the public already sees him as disengaged, and, he's, and there have been people coming out making statements about this across the national landscape that uh, are, are great people, but uh, he's the one that should be standing in front of folks. In fact, uh, up here in Montana, um, my friend Matt Rosendale, our, our congressman and my congressman, he was in the midst of getting introduced at a Lincoln Reagan Day dinner as a speaker, and he took a call from Fox News and answered those questions the best he could. Where was the president at that time? He was at the meeting with all the governors at a party, basically. And he could have stepped outside for five minutes and talked to somebody and let the American people know what was going on the best he could from where he's sitting. And again, that could be that we don't know, but it's time to communicate and be clear. Right now, everybody's guessing. Retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Darren Gobb, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks, Stephen. Have a great night. Speaking of Trump's legal battles, authorities in Fulton County, Georgia, plan to release a special grand jury report this Thursday. It's focused on the former president's actions in the state after the 2020 election. And with former Vice President Mike Pence to be the latest to find himself in possession of classified documents and the fallout from it, we're happy to have our next guest, author of the book Postgate, and former assistant U.S. attorney John O'Connor. John O'Connor, thank you so much for joining us. Good to be with you. John, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence uh, has just been subpoenaed to a grand jury. Where do you see this all heading? Well, first of all, it's ridiculous that you would have Pence as part of a criminal case, which is when you go to a grand jury, it's a criminal matter. Now, I suppose it could be the Trump grand jury. I'm not sure if they opened a separate case for him. But what it is, it is an effort to make it look like Everybody does it. The everybody does it defense. Originally, it was Trump was the only guy in the history of the world that ever had a classified document when he left the presidency, which is absurd. Um, and now that Biden has been caught with them and apparently using classified documents, not just inadvertently keeping them, but using them. Now the idea is to make it look like everybody's doing it and people fall for this bait. But that's why they're doing it. They're trying to make a big deal about it. And it is absolutely unnecessary for them to have had a, a FBI search. It is unnecessary for them to open up any kind of a criminal investigation or include Prent Pence in a criminal investigation. It's a joke. Uh, the guy's honest, cooperative. Nobody's accused him of trying to use classified documents for any Saturnine motive. So. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's, that's exactly what it is. When, when we let the Chinese spy balloon over our country, all of a sudden Trump had done it. So it's, uh, that's what they're doing here. Uh, with regards to uh, the former vice president's uh, subpoena, is there a possibility he doesn't comply? And what ultimately happens if he doesn't? Well, 
theoretically, he can be held in contempt, and I think he'll comply. Mike Pence is that kind of a guy. He's, he's a, a devout evangelical Catholic. He's the kind of fellow that does not do anything that he thinks is wrong. He will comply. And it's just sort of silly that he has to do it as if he's being forced to, because he would give this all this stuff up voluntarily. He would appear voluntarily. He doesn't need to be subpoenaed. And that's all for public consumption. And most people don't understand this. And it's a big political play. And it really masks, as I say, it masks the underlying problem with Biden's use of, of classified documents, including Hunter's, they clearly have on his laptop, him using a class, apparently using a classified document to audition for getting hired by the Ukraine company Burisma. Uh, and uh, he cites a, what appears to be a tele, an intelligence briefing, word for word, filled with jargon to let his potential client know that he has the inside track on classified documents. That's really the meaning of that of that uh, email on his uh, laptop. So you put all that together. Pence, of all these people, is a choir boy. He's a Boy Scout. Now, I'm not going to vouch for all Trump's bullishness and bull in a china shop tactics. I don't think he's was doing anything uh, against our country's interests. He's just a bull in a china shop. John, some of these oversight hearings uh, spearheaded by uh, James Comer, uh, Chairman James Comer, starting to expose a certain narrative uh, in terms of how the FBI was inflating the January 6th threat as these uh, hearings continue to roll out. Um, how might they play into the DOJ's investigations? Well, obviously, the FBI has become part of a partisan bureaucracy. I am go way back with the FBI agents. My client was Mark Felt. Uh, I have very many good friends who are now just recently retired from the Bureau. My father was an agent. The real Bureau would not have participated in this dragooning of innocent citizens all over the country for these January 6th arrests. It smacks of politics. It doesn't smack of it. It is, in essence, political, and everyone knows it. The FBI has refused to do things at the White House bidding. When Richard Nixon tried to have the FBI arrest thousands of May Day demonstrators against the Vietnam War in, I believe, 71, May of 71, the FBI said, no, we're not going to do it. They're exercising their rights of peaceable protest. We don't care if they're kicking over a fence or a bottle or throw a bottle or something. This is their expression of their views under the Constitution. We are not going to get involved in a political dragooning of these people. Now, that's exactly what the FBI is doing today and doing it willingly. John O'Connor, really appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.